years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And we're here for you at my house. My name's Rosie. Co-host Romy Romero is just sitting off to my right. My wife, Sweet Jennifer, is in the call screening booth waiting for your call at one 767 4348 And Gary D., our broadcast engineer, is in the engineering booth. We gather here every Saturday morning for the sole purpose of trying to answer any question you might have about home ownership, home maintenance, home repair, home remodeling. Anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, from the foundations to the rooftops and everything in between, that's what we're here for. That's what we've been here for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the house. Just this week alone, we sent out a blog yesterday on how to keep your home secure when you're going away for a short vacation or leaving for the summer. We've got a blog uh, article in the website about aging in place. We're going to hit the Casa Grande Dispatch on Sunday with answers to questions that we get from people in Pinal County. Green Valley News, we're talking about attics. The Arizona Daily Star, there's questions down in Tucson. People asking about insulation. That'll be in tomorrow's edition of the Daily Star. And KTAR.com, some vacation tips. So we've got you covered in print, we've got you covered in radio, and we've got you covered at the website, rosieonthehouse.com. And if you'd like to get those articles sent right to your email, just sign up at info at rosieonthehouse.com. We'd love to send it to you, and then you don't have to go digging for it. Info at rosieonthehouse.com signs you up for the email newsletter that goes out every Thursday. That's right. And then that main article, you know, if we don't get to all the talking points uh, in our 10 o'clock hour, then you can go in there and just, and then if you want, and even if you hear it and then you just want to remember, it's a good way to get the article. Jam-packed. So we try and keep you Arizona homeowners. We try and be your happy place. We like to be the place that you can come and bring your questions and your concerns and the proposals you've received and let us put our 40 years of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you for free. How could you beat that? huh? There's a report out recently, just within the last couple of weeks, from a national pollster organization called the Fitch Ratings which gauges how affordable housing is in all the different markets across the country. Bing, 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 bing. The Fitch Report actually said Phoenix home pricing is approaching the overvalued position. Hmm. Bing, 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 bing. Been there before, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There is a then, whole... then then we were in the undervalued for a long oh, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have to worry about that overvalued <laughs> situation at all. Huh? There there are a whole lot of experts that are contesting that report for a whole lot of reasons. And just just old Rosie's common sense here. I I feel like you know when the housing market is overpriced. 
or overvalued or overheated when you're in approaching double-digit inflation because you're artificially creating a demand that's not there. I tell people, look, my simple rule of thumb on whether the housing market is priced about right or not is can you buy a home with 20% cash down, finance the mortgage, and rent it for any positive cash flow? If you break even, then the market is about right. If you go at a big positive cash flow like we have for the last 10 years, 20 years, where you could buy you know, an extremely undervalued piece of property uh, for 5% down and be financing 95% of it and rent it out with a positive cash flow of several hundred dollars a month, you know you're in an undervalued situation. <laughs> Severely undervalued situation. But it's it's beginning to come back to parity now. I think the basis for this report was the fact that wages here are still lower than they are in many places across the country. So that affordability index was their criteria for trying to establish a position that we could be overvalued in the Arizona real estate market. Well, we're going to have Rosie Certified Realtor on in segment two of this hour, Joel Kahn from Tierra Antigua, and we're going to get her opinion on that as well as when is the right time to tear a house down and when is it time you know, just to sell the lot? I right? was – I've wondered that. I've seen three lots this week where the house was completely demolished, and they left one little tiny wall because it has something to do with how you get financed for a rebuild. You know, sometimes it just has to do with that's where the electric panel is, and it's nice to have the – if you tear the panel down, it's like pulling hen's teeth to get the utility company to come back and give you a temporary pole. A lot of times that one wall and, is just where the service entrance panel is. <laughs> and then the property goes up for sale. So I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, well, they started a project. They didn't realize the cost, and now they're bust. But I, I think a lot of it, it might be a better – You know, is, it, is the property worth more as a vacant lot, clean slate, instead of trying to sell it with a – 60, 70-year-old home well, that needs to be demolished anyway. So we're we're going to bring our Rosie certified realtor in from Tucson to talk about that, Miss Joelle, in just a couple minutes. You know, the other thing we're getting a lot of information on, Did you do you know what the fastest group of growing homeowners is? Mm, you would think just the next generation of the 30, but... The fastest category... Of growing homeowners, single women over 55. That's an interesting category. The Wall Street Journal actually had an article on it this week uh, talking about ladies that uh, have left a, a marriage. The marriage has fallen apart. The kids are now gone. And they want they want their own place with their own memories. They want to create their their the the new them, you know. Start start over, and we're seeing this a lot right now. 
And it's many times those are the people that are calling us at Roselle House because they just don't know who to trust in their home ownership, building their home ownership relationships. So I was not surprised to see that statistic based on the people we get all the phone calls from at the office. Today's letter, I promised everybody we would cover one APS topic every week until August. Just one. And then uh, this is of the hundreds that come in every week. Dear Rosie, rate increase, capital letters, we have been had. (laughs) We have been had by APS. This is a gentleman whose year-over-year May bill uh, increased $81 for one month. It represents about a 30% increase. And I believe, I haven't talked to this man because I just got this uh, last night. I will visit with him. I believe what could probably be happening is, and we get this call often, do I need to change my load controller? Do I need to change my power consumption uh, habits? Uh, Yes, absolutely you have to. The new peak period has changed from 12 to 7, 3 to 8. If you're still consuming power in that 7 to 8, if you've started consuming power at 7 o'clock, you're going to hit a big spike. You hit that big spike for any time over 15 minutes in an entire month, you get charged for that 15-minute spike. And that 15-minute spike costs this guy 80 bucks. Mm. I'm sure that's what's happening. So you've got to get in and reprogram your thermostat. You've got to get in if you've got an energy management computer. You've got to get in and reset the criteria and tell it when to and when not to be operating. If you can have your house asleep between 3 to 8 and you're an APS customer, we don't think you're going to see much more than a very small percentage increase in your total bill which is a little bit contrary to what we thought when this rate first got rolled out. We were scared to death. Has it proven to be quite the boogeyman everyone was uh, thinking? But you must make the changes at your home. Or like this young man, you will pay a big, big price. So increase of 30% May 2016, 2017, to May 2018, there were fewer days, there were lower temperatures, and he had a lower peak use, but he just had it in the wrong time mm. slot. So be careful. So that's our one APS rate issue that we're going to cover. I said we're going to cover one a week. That's the one we're going to cover. We're going to take a little short break here and come back and visit with Joel Kahn from Tierra Antigua Realty down in Tucson, and we're going to visit about her take on Arizona home ownership, particularly as it relates to the beautiful community of the old Pueblo in Tucson. And what is she seeing down there as a way of overpriced? Are we overpriced? Are we getting into that bubble territory? See what her opinion is. Also, when do you take an old home and just level it, put a for sale sign on the lot, or sell as is and hope somebody can come in? with a creative impression of what's possible. All of that with Joelle when we get back. 
Oh, yeah. You looking for a new rig? Boy, we, we pulled a new rig into the office the other day. Ford. R- Romy said we're going to go pick up a Ford Transit. I didn't know they made them that big. You can stand up. Uh, you, 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 you could put a backboard, a basketball backboard in there and dunk it. <laughs> that thing is monstrous. Work truck. What a Work lot band. of room. My. You can stand up in it. Chuck says he's six feet tall, and he still had seven or eight inches clearance. And it drives like a little minivan. I mean, it's so easy to get in, about, and around. Whew, we were really impressed. Well, listen, Sanderson Work vehicle Ford, of the future. Sanderson Ford is very thankful for our freedom. They're giving a 4th of July celebration right now. Military and first responders get additional $1,000 off all the other incentives and bonuses that they're offering right now. If you're in the market for a car, get to Sanderson Ford. Uh, July 4th edition of Rosie on the House. Happy birthday, America. And what's the first step up on the American climb to success? Home ownership, baby. And to talk about that, we're bringing in the Rosie certified realtor from Pima County, Joelle Kahn of of Tierra Antigua Realty. Good morning, Miss Joelle. Good morning, Rosie. How are you? Rocking and rolling. How about you? I am doing the same. Thank you. I bet you are. Pretty busy down there right now, eh? This market is crazy right now, yes. Is it scary crazy at this point? It's it's more excited okay. crazy, not scary yet. I saw I saw reports this week from out of New York that were saying Arizona real estate could possibly be approaching that overvalued position, and I don't see it uh, by my criteria. How about you? I, I think we're still reasonable on values. We're certainly pushing the envelope on that high end with multiple offers, but at the end of the day, it has to appraise. And tell me about, I, I love your site where you can actually go to your website and actually create and find the approximate value of your home. What data are y'all using to compile all that? That's, that's a robust tool. It's a great tool. So we use our local stats here. Um, we also have an RPR report. It's a real estate program report that kind of takes into account everything in the area and the local sales in that area. And how, how long have you been in Tucson Real Estate? I have been in Tucson my whole life, 47 years, and I've been doing real estate for 12 years. Well, you came in at a very interesting time. I sure did. We were falling down that rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) I missed missed the peak, and I got it on the downslide is when I came in. Well, it's an excellent position to come in and learn an industry from the ground up, that's for sure, because you're learning it. You're learning all the hard parts about it, not all the easy parts. Exactly. Yep. What what are you currently seeing in the market right now? What what is what is selling the easiest and the quickest? So down here in Tucson, our inventory is at a record low, Rosie. It's we only have um, as of the end of May, we had just barely over three thousand active listings. So what I'm seeing is multiple offers. The sweet spot of our dollar price point selling is between one hundred and fifty and $250,000. Those are flying off the shelf. And when, when you're asked by a homeowner to come assess a property, how, when do you approach the conversation? You know, homeowner, 
this house is of the age, we've got some deferred maintenance issues, I would have an easier time as a realtor just moving this lot for about what you want for the house. Let's blade it and start there. We're, we're not seeing a ton of that down here. Um, it's, it's all about location and the area of that house. A lot of our investors and, and our regular sellers are just rehabbing. We're seeing more rehabbing than leveling the home. That's great. I love that concept. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And what are you seeing as rates right now on deals you're closing right now? What can you expect in a mortgage rate today? We are kissing 5%. Um, I'm I'm still closing them in the high fours, but I've I've had a couple close at at that 5.0%. And, and that has it. Our buyers lose buying power when those rates go up. Yeah, they do. And who are you dealing with primarily right now, Miss Joelle? You first timers, move up buyers, luxury buyers. Who represents I'm the biggest a lot percentage? First time home buyers. Awesome. Um, awesome. And we're also doing a lot of new builds because our inventory is so low. I did four new builds in December, and I have two under contract right now with new builds. And these first time home buyers you're seeing come to the market. Who are they? They're real young couples, real young couples, starting families, um, just getting into that home to to not pay rent anymore because you can own your home for less than what you're paying rent. I don't think a lot of people realize that. You know, they, they've signed a lease. They've blocked it out of their mind that home ownership is beyond their capacity, but yet they're paying twelve, fourteen, sixteen hundred bucks a month for a one-bedroom or two-bedroom apartment. These luxury apartments are—they're getting that for sure, fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars a month, and the rental market is very slim here as well. So um, we're seeing people with fifteen or sixteen applications on one property just for a rental. <laughs> well, the landlords could be pretty picky right now, can't they? Yes, they can. <laughs> talk, talk to me about how much does it take for that young couple, cash on hand, to get into the first house. You know, it can be zero, Rosie. Um, the the minimum FHA loan requirement is three and a half percent down. But there are still first time homebuyer programs out there that people don't know about, and they can get with a lender and find out about those. That's absolutely fantastic, folks. I can't tell you, uh, encourage you more strongly that if you've got a young couple in your life that are renting, you've got to get them to a realtor they can trust in Pima County. Get them to Joelle Kahn at Tierra Antigua Realty, and she will take care of Joelle. Is the little real estate firestorm down there in Tucson. We, appre- <laughs> we appreciate your membership and, and all the positive feedback we get from the people we send to you. Thank you so much, Rosie. I really appreciate that. All right. Thanks a million. Have a great weekend. I know she's going to have a busy weekend. So much of, so much of the real estate world revolves around weekend activity. We've that, got a good trifecta in Tucson when you look for a real estate agent. We do. Joel, you look for a good home inspector. We've got seal of approval, and we've got Hotchkiss Finance. So for getting into a home, we've got a great trifecta down there for you. Absolutely. We've got Jeb. Wants to talk a little bit about APS rates, and so we've got open line for you at one 888 767-4348. What are you trying to get done today? Let us help you. They come to America. They come to America today. 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 
It's the 4th of July edition of Rosie on the House. God bless America. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We'll get right to the phones. We've got Jeb, Bernie, and Gene all on hold. Let's start with Jeb, who's been holding the longest. See how we can help him this morning. Good morning, Jeb. Hi, Rosie. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, can't wait. I get the I get 4th of July through the 11th off. Oh, boy. Woo-hoo! A um, whole week. That's, that's going to get yeah, that's yeah. some serious barbecue time right there, Jeb. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to Williams. We're going to go do a staycation for four days. Nice. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Um, on this electricity bill issue, yeah, uh, I got last year's bill and this year's bill. I noticed uh, three things to talk about. They don't have your percentage of on-peak use down at the bottom no more. I noticed that my kilowatt hours have shrunk on peak. Last year at this time, I was... The generation of on-peak was $35. This year, it's $31. Now, my generation of off-peak last year was 23 and it bumped up to 78 this year. Now, uh, the cost of electricity used with all their fees and everything, the fees are what kills us yeah. besides their 6% increase, right. was 132 last year okay. and 197 this year. Okay. Okay. My. That's a big bump. On peak. That's a big bump. Yeah, yeah. Well, and listen. So the total price of the was one forty eight last year and two twenty this year, and I live in a twelve hundred fifty square foot two bedroom house. Yeah, that's brutal. Well, listen, Jeb. I tell you what, we're we're gonna put you on hold, and I'm gonna have you send me the rate, the uh, a, a, a scan a copy of the bill. Get it to me over at Rosie on the House, and let me see if I can take a look at it. Uh, we've got to, and, and we've got a call here from Gene down in Tucson, and he wants to know on TEP which program is best. Here's, here's a general statement about buying power. The way the entire industry is going is the greenest thing we can do as consumers is not ask our home to consume any power on peak, which are the middle of the afternoons in the middle of the summer. Because all these utility companies must build their power plants to meet that peak. Well, if we can knock the top off of that peak, we can postpone plant development for decades down the road particularly as solar becomes coming in and uh, non-renewable sources become a bigger and bigger part of our energy supply. They're all going to be encouraging you to slide your consumption to off-peak. TEP has several programs that do just that. They've got the time of use, they've got the peak demand, they've got the demand time of use, and they've got the basic. Everybody's giving you the choice of how you're going to consume your power. And when people talk to me about saving money on their power bill, the first thing I have to ask them is, have you done a complete assessment of all the plans that are available from your utility company? And if you're willing 
to if if you have the ability, if it's two people in the house, if you one person in the house that goes to work all day, if you can have your house sleep on peak, then you're going to do very, very well. Then the people ask me, yeah, but man, I set my thermostat at 78. When it turns off at 3 o'clock, by the time it's 8 o'clock at night, the inside of my house is 90 degrees. Well, that's when we encourage you to supercool. APS is now actually advertising the concept, and they call it pre-cooling. You program your thermostat to get the house as cold as you can stand it off peak. And then the house sleeps the entire on-peak period. You're actually storing thermal energy in the foundations of your home, in the slab of your home, in the carpet of your home, in your mattress, in all the clothes hanging in the closet, in the window coverings, and the furniture. You're getting everything down to 66, 68, 70 degrees. And then it releases that energy back into the environment while your air conditioner is sleeping. And then the air conditioner turns back on when the off-peak hits. And I'm being told by many homeowners, my air conditioning contractor tells me that puts too big a hurt on the equipment. It doesn't. I've talked to factory engineers for every major air conditioning company in the world. And they will all tell you, this is not hard on your equipment. This is very easy on your equipment. You're asking your equipment to cool your house when it's the coolest it is outside. And starting your compressor and running it long term is much easier on your equipment than starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. You buy an undersized equipment, let it run long periods, off peak and you are going to beat this you're going to you're going to play this game and you're going to save the most of money amount of money and you're going to live more comfortably so jeb shoot me that and i'll see what i can do to take care of it let's go on let's get to bernie all the way up in chino valley <sighs> full 20 degrees cooler than we're experiencing right here in the valley bernie how you doing today my Hello, friend oh i'm here <laughs> what you working on well, we have a 2,000-foot uh, manufactured home. Okay. It does not have an attic. Yeah. We have full air conditioning. Okay. Uh, and right now, the weather is not too hot. Yeah. We don't even turn the air conditioner on until like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the evening. Nice. In the afternoon. Okay. Uh, and it's only on for until the house gets down to 80, 81, and then we turn it off. But... I think we would do better if we had some kind of uh, ventilation in addition to the air conditioning system. But I haven't been able to get any information from anybody up here as to what to install or how to do it. Well, you know, you've got a couple options. You know, back in the Midwest, they do whole house fans. But those aren't very popular out here in Arizona because they bring in so much dust. They, they really create a very, very dusty house because as you're evacuating the air from inside your house, you have to have doors and windows open, and it's basically sucking the outside air in. I mean, you could do, for outside ventilation in a modular, I mean, you could, you could just park 
a roll-around portable VAP cooler on one end of the uh, house, blowing in through a window or an open door, and just open a window or door on the far side opposite end of the house and just create that cross ventilation. At least it's being circulated through a wet medium where it's knocking down some of the pollen and some of the dust. The other thing you might do is not wait till the house gets hot to turn the air conditioner on because now the air conditioner has to work super hard. It's not only trying to gain back the energy of recreating a comfort level in the ambient temperature inside your house, but everything inside your house that's now heated up to above 80 degrees is like a little miniature furnace that's giving off that heat. And as we remove the heat from the air, the heat from the furniture and all the contents of the house, then it's constantly trying to seek a balance. So now that heat is being released into the air that you're paying to have air conditioned. So maybe I would turn the air conditioner on a little bit earlier today before it got close to 80. Maybe at, at the point it started approaching 76, 77, I'd go ahead and get it circulating and turn it on. And then you might just mount an evap cooler down at the end. Now, the problem with an evap cooler is an air conditioner works by taking moisture out of the air. The evap cooler is going to, of course, be introducing moisture into the air. So you're going to have a little bit of a cross battle there. But, you know, many times in Chino Valley, uh, through all but the very, very hottest two or three months of the year, I mean, a VAP cooler can get the inside of a decently well-insulated home down to 80 really easy. So those are just a couple of ideas I have for you there, Bernie. Uh, Hope that helps. Uh, Let's see if we can run down to Tucson and talk to Gene. He wants to talk about the Tucson electric power. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Rosie. See, my wife and I never miss your show. I really enjoy it. It's so informative. Well, Gene, thanks a lot. What's your wife's name? Her name is Kathy. Jean and Kathy. Well, Jean that, and Kathy, yes. Thanks for we're listening, both, y'all. We're both retired, uh, uh, Rosie, so we're home during the day. We don't go off to go to work or anything like that. Okay. We've recently downsized into a townhouse here in Tucson. Okay. It's about 1,300 square feet. And, you know, the explanation you gave Jeff was, boy, answered a lot of my questions. But um, we just had the air conditioning on here, and we haven't received our June bill. Yep, we've got the May bill, which was just partially for air conditioning. We keep it at 78 during the day, okay. 74 at night. Okay. We use 456 kilowatt hours, and our bill was 75 bucks. No. Now you're not going to do what you talk about going to this premier plan. Do you think it's a good idea for us? I don't know. Oh, Gene, whatever rate you're on, you're not going to get any better than you've got right there. I mean, would you think that's pretty good? I think it's very good. I think I think you're doing. I think you're doing spectacular. I want to go live with Gene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, Gene, you 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 aren't going to get uh, for thirteen hundred square feet, four hundred fifty six kilowatt. I mean, you're you're using about half the electricity of the average homeowner in a thirteen hundred square foot home. Wow. Well, we did put you know the new windows in a year or so ago and all that kind of stuff. In okay. The- we're careful about my wife, Kathy, you know, keeps an eye on me all the time. So don't leave the doors open and things. She's sure. Like, no, yeah, you, you know how wives are. You you <laughs> are an extremely conscious consumer of electricity. You're not going to be able to beat uh, a $75 bill for 1,300 square feet. You're doing great. Excellent. Good so, to hear, Rosie. All right. Thank well, you so much. You have a good one. Well, thanks for the kind words on the show. We uh, show up every Saturday morning to do the best we can to answer anybody's questions about home ownership, and we've kind of 
uh, uh, skewed off to this utility rate increase. I mean, it, it's been the, I mean, we've been on air 30 years, and I've never had a single topic consume virtually every employee I have for this amount of time ever before. <laughs> I think it I think it had to do with the fact that the Corporation Commission allowed APS to do this without grandfathering anybody in. So it was millions of customers mandated a change without any option to stay or be grandfathered. And I, I don't know that we've had another event that impacted millions within that short time span in the and, 30 years. And it kind of flew <laughs> under the radar, but that, from what I understand, that was, was SRP, the E120. I'm not an SRP customer, so I, I didn't really pay attention there. And honestly, I'm an APS customer. I didn't pay much attention there because there's nothing I could have done about it. It was a corporation commission. And what are you going to do? Turn off your electricity? I mean, they got you by – they got you. <clears throat> Solar, wind, <laughs> generator. What do you do for the 4th of July when there's no fireworks because the desert's too dry? No fireworks <laughs> for you. Most of the cities all across the state have canceled. There's a few. Would that you? Are, there's a few. I wouldn't uh, take that risk. <laughs> and I was an insurance agent. I wouldn't write the coverage <laughs> claim for it either. Woo. Ah, it's just one year. We'll get a good rain shower eventually and be able to light them off again. I remember when Camelback burned an area around there. Mm-hmm. Was that 90s? Yep. 90s, yeah. Hmm. Not worth it. I, I know it's it's hard to miss out, but, hey, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather miss one firework show one year and not have to look at charred earth for Amen. how many years. Amen. <laughs> Have a great 4th of July this week. We're going to talk about some barbecue going on. Yes, sir. And, you know, I to be successful for 30 years on air, it is heavily dependent on our listeners. And we've got to have a, a, a win, win, win. And when they come through for us, you know, it, it's always a very humbling experience and, um, and helps keep the whole team motivated. Yes. And one example that our listeners have just really come to bat for us is we talk about the JAWS cleaning product. It's a Just Add Water is what it stands for, JAWS, Just Add Water System. And it's a little concentrate you put in a bottle and with any water, and then it that concentrate mixes with the water, and you've got a cleaning product. And the containers are used to are built to be used at least 22 times. So the amount of plastic is reduced. And for a while, they were in bashes, then they went away. And so we didn't have it here. Well, they're back in fries. And we know our listeners are using the product because they're calling us mad that fries can't keep it stocked fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jen, Jen was on the phone last week with a caller for 10 minutes, aggravated that, that his closest fries didn't have the window cleaner. We got him his window cleaner, though. And we've brought the inventor and the formulator of this system online out of Toledo, Ohio, Mr. Bruce Yakko. We just love American stories and American success stories. And when you've got a, an idea and an entrepreneur that puts something together like that and brings it to the market and the market responds positively, it's just a, you know, what better American story going into Fourth of July weekend than to share? That's right. Clean it up for the family coming over. Mr. Bruce? Hey, good good morning. How are, how are you out there in Arizona? Very good, thank you. Oh, good. Well, we, we borrowed your 94-degree weather today in Toledo, Ohio, so uh, thanks for sharing. Hey, you can, you can have as much of it as you need. We, have, we won't run out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, nice to talk to you. Well, you, y'all have four lines of cleaning products, and one particular, um, the glass cleaner we talked about, but y'all have an all-purpose one to be great. Family barbecue coming up. Oh, absolutely. The Wall Street Journal actually did a study on a number of different uh, grill and uh, <clears throat> countertop cleaners, and they said that the Jaws kitchen degreaser, which, as you say, is a reusable bottle, so it's a heavy-duty bottle, and you simply refill the bottle with water when you're done with that first bottle, insert that cartridge, which is about the size of a roll of nickels, into the bottle, and when you tighten down on the cap, it releases the concentration of the water, you next, make your next bottle of cleaner. But the way I do it, you know, is that when I get done with the grilling, and I'm going to do a lot of grilling. Actually, we have a little pool party this afternoon with our entire family um, as start of the uh, celebration of the 4th of July week, and we'll grill. And um, using the grill cleaner and the kitchen degreaser on that grill the last time means that I have a perfectly clean grates to work on this time as we grill. And so the way that I use it is that you simply, uh, when you get done with the grilling process, turn off the burner and I spray it with the, uh, uh, the kitchen degreaser, wipe it down with a, um, a wet towel, and that grill is just ready to go the next time I go to clean uh, or go to work with it. It works great on the outside of the grill, the inside of the grill, on stainless grills. It doesn't leave any residues. And like I said, the Wall Street Journal did a big study on them, and they said ours was the best that they had used in this application. So like I say, you've got a lot of fun things going on this week. We have a lot to celebrate. We live in an awesome country. And having the ability to clean your countertops, cooktops, microwaves, grills, inside grills, uh, and all those kinds of things uh, is really nice to be able to use one product across that surface area. And, and Romy, you know that even if you have dark granite or marble surfaces, there's nothing in that product to attack the stone, attack the gloss of the stone. And 100 years from now, your granite's going to look as good as the day you put it in, and uh, you're not going to leave any of those residues behind that you see with so many of the other cleaners and you know, we just got a lot of people in and out of the homes. We want our homes to look good and certainly don't want to see those unsightly residues that are left by so many cleaners used in that application. It's the Just Add Water product, Jaws Cleaning Systems. They're teardrop-shaped or water-drop-shaped, I should say, a bottle of cleaner that you can see at your local fries. That's inventor and founder, Mr. Bruce Yakko. Thank you for joining us from Toledo, Ohio, and congratulations on grandbaby number five. Is that right? 
Yes, absolutely. So we're going to enjoy those people today. And folks, remember, if you're not able to get to a fries or there's not any product in the stores, which they've done a great job at resupplying, but we're selling well in the stores. So I thank all of you for your support and all that good stuff. Jaws Online, JawsCleansOnline.com.